Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. The Mark Aram Show is performed before a live studio audience. No, I want this town to be near you. Make room on your plate for a big slice of Aram, a side of Deb Green, some Longoria, and uh, for dessert, you can have Loti Chuck. It's the Mark Aram Show. We're going to be here with a uh, major show for two hours. Amy Madigan's going to join us, little Sanjay. Uh, but first off, I- I'm sure if you're driving home right now, you're, you're, you're just in a bad mood because of, of traffic, and I don't want to put you in a worse mood, but I want you to think about in your working career, my working career stretches back to when I was 14, my first job. In your entire working career, have you ever had beef with a coworker? Like, not just like, oh, that person annoys me, or that, uh, you know, I, I'm not friends with that. I mean, like, legit coworker beef. Ch- Chuck started nodding his head as soon as oh, I said that. Oh, immediately. You have, you have a beef story? Oh, yeah. What what was going on with your uh, there coworker was, When beef? I was in TV and video editing, mm-hmm. there was a guy that came in, and we just didn't click, and he just started taking over my computer. We did just... Using my stuff without really, yeah. and I couldn't get things done. Inconsiderate. And it, it, yes, very. Yeah. And I tried to be polite, and I was like, hey, I need to get work done. And it just he didn't care, and it came to a- some Fisticuffs? cuffs. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Coworkers had to come in and pull us apart. I've, I've had, in my career at WSB, stretching over two decades, I've had one major beef with a coworker. I'll tell you about it in a second. Why am I talking about this? You would think that some professions would be immune from beef, Right. Apparently not. There's beef cooking in Roswell City Hall. Joining us live with that story from Channel 2 Action News, longtime friend of the show, Mike Pachetic. Mike, what's up, brother? Good afternoon, sir. How are you? I would imagine you've never had beef in your career at Channel 2 Action News, right? Not like you and Regan don't get in uh, yelling matches in the newsroom or anything like that, right? Not at all. I think a few (laughs) chairs might have been thrown, but (laughs) I was never there to witness it. Excellent, excellent. So, Roswell City Council, explain this story. I saw it on Channel 2 Action News at 5, and I'm like, wow, even even city council members can can have this coworker beef. Well, and the problem with this kind of beef is that when uh, we file open records requests and air the dirty laundry, so to speak, uh, it becomes very public. And in this case, you're talking about a city councilman who's an elected official, and then on the other side of the fence, you're talking about the city administrator, who is essentially the CEO of City Hall. He's in charge of all of the city staff members. So the two of them, uh, we're talking about a guy named Gary Palmer, who's the city administrator, and the city councilman is a guy named Mike Palermo. And they've had a a feud going back several months now, Mark, that we've been documenting. Give us the highlights of this this beef, and and how how did we get wind of this story? Well, so I've been covering Roswell City Council going on eight years now. Sure, sure, I've yeah. been there for, for several administrations. But uh, this started uh, several months back with a dispute over transparency in government and a comment that Palmer made during a meeting about not wanting to spoon-feed the residents information. It was a discussion about agendas and, and minutes, and there are people who 
religiously follow Roswell City Council and all of the decisions they make, as there are in every city. And um, Mike Palermo took exception to that comment and very publicly tongue-lashed Gary Palmer over that. And that was really the start of this. Uh, Since then, uh, it has devolved into emails back and forth, accusing each other of of wrongdoing. Uh, Nothing criminal, of course, but just uh, bad behavior, Um, with Palmer telling Palermo he doesn't trust him. And uh, coming to a head uh, in the emails that we obtained uh, with our partners, our five partners over at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, uh, showing that uh, Gary Palmer is accusing this city councilman of berating and demeaning city employees uh, unprofessionally uh, in, in their offices and taking it so far as to say, if I get any more credible evidence that this is happening, uh, not only am I going to launch a full investigation into this, but I have the right and the ability to uh, restrict your access, your key card access at City Hall. So you can't go into their offices and have conversations with them. Mike Pachanek from Channel 2 joining us on the Mark Aram Show, talking about a Roswell City Council member and basically the CEO of the city having worker beef. And that was the, the key card thing. That was the, that was the ultimate and petty that I saw in your story tonight at 5. So one of them uh, threatened to limit key card access into City Hall. That's, that's like next level pettiness beef right there. And unprecedented in that city, as far as I could tell, um, you know, telling telling an elected official elected by the people that he will be restricted access to various points in City Hall. Now, I, I should mention uh, that Mike Palermo denies unequivocally that he did anything wrong. He says that, you know, he he's working on some initiatives and he needs to speak to some city staff in his role as a city councilman to get their expertise. And that he says everything was on the up and up. Everything was professional. Uh, but I'm hearing from some sources on the inside that there may uh, be some truth, uh, at least from their perception, uh, about how these folks are being treated. So does does um, forgive my ignorance, Mike? Does Palmer hold any authority over Palmero? Uh, no. Okay. I mean, he yeah, they, they're they're separate branches of government. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be like Congress and you know somebody who's who's hired in the Trump administration. Gotcha. Two different two different roles, but. So he doesn't. He doesn't. But he does rule the roost at City Hall. City Hall. So he has yeah. the ability. He has the ability to, to limit his key card. I'm access. trying to think. If so we so we have key cards here at WSB Radio and WSB TV, and I'm trying to think, like, what could I prevent Mike Pachenik from going to with his key card? Like, I think you're pretty much. You know, everyone has the same. There's nothing locked away behind a key card access. Like, there's no fancy bathroom or. Or anything, right? I mean, severe weather I thought center. The general manager had a fancy bathroom with a gold toilet, but I, I could be wrong. Which is going unused now, by the way. Have you been into that office, the old Tay McVeigh office? <laughs> I have not recently. It's no. it's like a suite at the Bellagio. Like I literally could live in that uh, office suite. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's nothing really. I have one of the few key cards that has uh, pretty much unlimited access because I'm here so early in the morning that engineering has given me access. Like I can go into the rack rooms, and because of something breaks. At four in the morning, like I can go in and fix it for them. Um, You're the one that they want to. Go I'm, fix yes, it. I'm, the, I'm so mechanical that they want me to fix wow. it. Uh, so, Mike, any impact on the city, uh, the residents of Roswell? Is this going to affect the day-to-day operations of the city? Well, and that's the sort of the end game here. Is if you have discord at the top, what kind of progress can be made? Can everybody work together uh, for the benefit of the city? And that was the concern that we heard from some taxpayers that we hold today out on the street just say you know get it together guys be adults here work together and everything will be fine i love a good workplace beef mike pachenik from channel two as always we thank you sir
Glad to be here. Thanks. Take care, buddy. Uh, just I love good workplace beef stories. I love it. I want to hear them now. Do you have any good workplace beef stories, Longoria? No, my news guy in one of the stations stole my wallet and went on a shopping spree, but oh, we didn't I have forgot beef about, about that it. story. Was your wallet back in the day as big as it is now? Oh yeah, because that truly is grand theft. Longoria's yeah. got a nine. He stole it from my uh, drawers in my uh, desk in my office and took your and went shopping with cash or credit cards. Credit or? cards. That was the news guy. A lot because that, yeah, that was the news a- guy. <laughs> it was not Edgar. No, 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 no. no. But we, I couldn't do anything for two weeks because technically I was not supposed to know about it, yeah. you know, because they were going to get ready to fire him. So oh, I had to wow. work with the dude for two weeks knowing, knowing he stole that he stole it and went on bottle and stuff. All right, that's good. We'll kick off there. I've got one amazing work beef story with a supremely happy ending. I'll tell you that when we come back. But I want to know your work beef story. Roswell City Councilman and the CEO, uh, Worker Beef up at City Hall. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. On Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. This is the Mark Aram Show on WSB. Worker Beef going on between the CEO and the City Council member in Roswell. Give me some really good, juicy workplace or beef stories. Linda joins us in Douglasville. Linda, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? Excellent, Linda. What's going on? Well, great. Hey, so I'm going to set this up a little bit. I was working at this company. This is a few years back, and I had become friends with a coworker that had started essentially like two days before I did. And we were, like, becoming freaking frack. Everybody used to say that we were, like, you know, oh, my God, here they come again, down the halls. So we decided that we had to work a project in New York together, and I traveled a lot. And she, so we decided we wanted to work it together, and we took the trip together. So with this one night we checked in, and I had gotten upgraded to, like, a little junior suite in the hotel. And my, so I had a room that had a room, then a bathroom. So it was, like, two separate rooms and then the bathroom. And I invited her up before we had to go to dinner, and she's in my room waiting on me to go to the lady to the bathroom. Before that, I come back out of the bathroom, and she's rifling through my suitcase. What? I mean, going through my entire suitcase simply because of jealousy of the suite, or is you think there was something brewing before then? Uh, we were friends, and I thought we were friends, and things like that. It turned out, you know, and she started going through it. And I had my mother had passed away two weeks before that. I was going through a divorce, so I was taking like a uh, what do you a mood enhancer? Sure, kind of sure, thing. yeah. It was a prescription, yeah, prescription medication. And for sure, just a short while, she pulls that medication out and goes, "What are you doing with these?" And I'm like, "It's a prescription. What is it? Your business?" Yeah, why are you in my bag, lady? Oh my god! Yeah, why are you? She was rifling through. We from that day forward had the worst. I mean, battles and everything else to the point where, it, but turned out that she was really, really good friends with the boss. Who oh, hired her. that's the worst. Oh, so there's there's nothing hard. you can I do that. that. Uh, honestly, and it was really hard. So it, she, uh, well, I went to HR and talked about it yeah. and everything else. And they said, well, do you have proof? I said, aside from me catching her, going through my suitcase. <laughs> but the problem is <laughs> if she's if she's friends with the boss, the, you know, there's only so much HR can do. Uh, Heather's in Douglasville. Heather, what's your workplace beef? Well, I used to work over at 1010 AM WGUN back when it was talk radio, and I was a, a program producer. All right, no names, and, though. Don't give me any names, though, because I know some people there. Uh, uh, well, it's no longer. I mean, it's, span- it's gone yeah. Hispanic, I think, now. So, I mean, this was like 25 years ago. So um, one of the guys, and you know how it is when you're dealing with people who are on the radio, and, of course, it's a small radio station. Sure. So, 
people get a little bit of, they feel like they can afford a program. They feel like, <laughs> that you know, that they got a little bit of ego going. Well, there was a problem that was a, we were doing a call-in talk show and the guy that was, he could barely afford a 30-minute show as it is. And he always came in acting like he was the boss, mm-hmm. which he wasn't. we got about 20 seconds but, left, Heather. But anyway, so he he was having a problem, and he said, I can't hear the caller. And it was because he had turned his headphones down, and he said, hold on, hold on. We're going to let the little girl in the other room. Oh, man. That's <laughs> crazy. I, All right, Heather, hold on, hold on. Big girl Deb Green is going to – no, I, don't, I just don't want to call you little girl. That's awful. That's just awful. All right, workplace beef in the Roswell City Council. What about your? I want a good, juicy workplace beef story. 404-872-0750. On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is the Mark Aram Show. Yo, what up, y'all? Shemaine Dupree, and you're listening to the Mark Aram Show. Yeah, y'all know what this is. Lest you think there's not workplace strife in uh, the upper echelon of employment. Roswell City Council is here to tell you no. Mike Pachenik from Channel 2 detailing the story of the beef between the, like, the city CEO and a city council member. I want good workplace beef stories. I had one. I'm going to do it real quick. I've only had beef with one coworker in the 21 years I've been here. It was a, a worker in the traffic center, and we just did not get along. I, I can't, I'm not even going to say the gender. This person, Clark Howard didn't even like this person. That's how bad this person was. So it wasn't a, a me problem. This was a them problem and I always said to myself when they finally get fired I'm going to throw a party so sure enough finally after multiple suspensions and blah 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 they got fired I rented out five seasons brewery up in uh, Roswell at the Prado on Roswell Road wow you went all out nice open bar heavy appetizers I got a DJ a photographer and a cake <laughs> that's fantastic all for one person all for one person and and Everybody was happy though, right? Everyone showed, Clark Howard showed to this this person's, <laughs> you know, swan song party. It was awesome. Best money ever spent. I spent thousands of dollars on this. I mean, open bar for radio people. Oh yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Best money ever spent. God, I hated that person with a passion. <laughs> You're like Cartman when he threw that party and you thought Kyle was moving and he <laughs> had a circus. Basically. And he didn't invite him. <laughs> when Michael when Michael Scott threw the party for Toby. Yes. When he was going to Costa Rica, <laughs> and he takes out his foot money, and yeah. he's like, I want an anti-gravity machine, because yep. uh, that's how I feel. So, yeah, I've had work. Thankfully, it's been calm and peaceful since. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's people that hate me, and I get it, but I don't hate anybody. Like, that's fine. Just a few HR dust-ups. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. So give me your, your best workplace beef story. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Kara's in Ackworth. Kara, give me your good workplace story. So years ago, I worked in a specialized banking um, for a specialized banking company that processed WIC checks. So we had to know accounting and money. We had to write DOS programs to balance the money every month. And I was kind of second in command in the office. My boss uh, retired, so we hired in a new guy. And I wasn't part of the hiring process. I kind of just ran the rest of the office and everything else. Um, within a week of him working there, it was evident that he knew absolutely nothing about the job. Like everything he'd put on his resume, he, uh, he came from a bank, but I don't think he even did anything at that bank. He didn't know how to manage people. Uh, we've had that happen here. Money. We've had that happen here where, where people were hired that didn't know what they were doing for sure. Well, that's fine. But then who, 
I had to be the one to take care of everything. So I, I let them know, you hired this guy, he doesn't know what he's doing. And so they asked, you have to, you have to train him. You have to tell him what he's you doing. You have to train so your boss. Train him. Oh, my God. Did you yeah. get along with him, though? I mean, was he a nice guy or was he a no, bad guy? I, no, he was not. He was terrible. So you just said there was uh, only a person you ever hated, ever, that you worked for? Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's, it's, it's filling up feelings now of, like, <laughs> bad feelings. How, how long ago was, was this? Um, see, I've been a nurse for now 20 years, so 23 years. Okay, so, and it's still, look at her, blood is still boiling. Great call, care. So this, this isn't firsthand knowledge, Longoria. This is a friend of a friend. Okay. They had workplace beef, okay? And it was, they were basically similar positions. Like, there wasn't, um, one person wasn't over the other person. They, they did a similar job. But this other person was there, like that other call said, like a month before. It was hired a month, so he had a month seniority. And again, I don't know if this is true, and don't certainly don't try this at home. But um, he took, you know, Visine eye drops. <laughs> yeah. So the guy will say it was Chuck and Andrew. All right, right. right. Uh, Chuck was was uh, kind of bossing Andrew around. He said, "Hey, Andrew, go get me another cup of coffee." Like that was the kind of thing he do. And Andrew took Visine yeah. uh, eye, eye drops and put it in his coffee. Made him go to the restroom, which apparently gives you the uh, mm-hmm. intestinal system of Mark Aram. Yeah. And Code like, Arums. yeah, and I don't know if that's true. Don't, don't try that. Yeah, don't do that. But I heard the story that it works like yeah. really quick. Yeah. Really quick. Like quicker than a sausage McMuffin, which I think is the fastest cleanser <laughs> known to man. Right like I literally paid a photographer. I want this party immortalized. That's how much I hated this person. Documented. Did yeah. everybody hate that person? Everyone that showed up did. How, how did they get in? Like how did they get the job? You know? Um, they were hired before me and oh. it was the person was so bad, but they gained the system. I'm using gender neutral pronouns right. right now. I don't want to give anything. So they would get suspended. And I don't know if this is still the thing, but if you're suspended, is catfish still there? No. I, apparently you have to, you're on probation for like three months. And then if you you're okay for three months, then you get off. So this person would, we'd be on suspension for three months, probation, and then behave, and then like a week later get back on. So one, one, one quick story. This is how much I hated this person. I'm filling in for Captain Herb in the chopper one day, and there's a button in the traffic center that like turns off the, the helicopter speaker, the feed. So I'm in the middle of report, and this person was awful. And I'm in the middle of report doing, I can just, I can picture, I was over 285 at Peachtree Industrial Boulevard talking about a crash. All of a sudden, the chopper sound goes out. Like, I st- I, I'm still talking, but the sound stops. And this person plays the hero. Oh, Mark was, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I know there was no interference. There was nothing. Engineer went in and found that that person had turned off the button. Like, they could see that the, the broadcast, they, they purposely cut me off the air on the radio. To then try and pretend that there was a technical difficulty yes. and they were stepping Or like, into... I dropped the ball. Like, right. oh, Mark sucks. Let me tell you what's going on. Yeah. Oh, oh, my blood's boiling. Boiling. That was, uh, shoot, 10 years ago at least. All right. Workplace beefs, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. Welcome back to the show, 653, 79, 80 degrees on Peachtree Street, talking about workplace beef. Calvin joins us on the show. What's up, Cal? Hey, this is Calvin. Hey, Calvin, good morning, or afternoon, or about evening. <laughs> I'm a retired law officer. Okay. 
All right, well, Calvin's Calvin Calvin's busy. Speaking of law officers, have you guys seen the SUVs that Atlanta police officers are driving? No. I think they're like Ford Explorers. They're so badass. They're so awesome. Like if you're an Atlanta police officer driving around one of those, you must be like, aha. Like just <laughs> it's just so much cooler than the regular patrol car. Yeah, yeah. I love them. I don't. I, they're all over. I see them all over. They're great. In your rearview mirror, or no, just like driving uh, okay. around, especially in the morning when I come in. They're, yeah, oh, they're, they're all over. Uh, Chef Williams on the Mark Aram show. Hey, Chef. Hey, buddy, what's going on? Give me some workplace beef, buddy. Oh yeah. Uh, so I was working in Washington D.C. A company recruited me to go all the way to Wyoming. They paid for everything, like twenty grand to move me, move my family. When I get there, I'm starting to have a beef with one of my cooks. I took over at a school, at a university. Well, I go to the manager, and the manager and the cook are actually related. She got mad because she couldn't, she didn't get the job. They outsourced it to me. Oh yeah. And got so bad that the company got involved and offered me a two-year severance package and to move to a different school. And I was like, you know what? Just give me my severance package. I'll move on. Hell yes. That's awesome. There's a lot of beef because of that, because of the situation you mentioned where someone, like an outside hire comes in, like Chuck gets hired from the outside. I'm sure there's a lot of people in the building that were like, well, I want to be Erickson's errand boy. Why does Chuck get to be Erickson's errand boy? I want to pick up his cleaning. Yeah. What? Damn you people. I want to wash his car. (laughs) You know, so I get that. There's a lot of beef because of that, like external hires. Jason's in Woodstock. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, man? What up, brother? Oh, nothing much. Just uh, had a little workplace beef to give you. Let me hear it, buddy. All right, man. So um, I used to work for a rental company, and I went on vacation after I had spent almost uh, 90 days working on getting a new account. I was a sales guy. And I come back from vacation. It's Monday. I'm bleary-eyed. It's 6.30 in the morning. And I look, and I see my assistant manager sitting at his desk, and on his computer screen is my account that I've been working on. And so I took it back from him. He took it back from me when I was out for like three days, another week later. And then I came back after those three days and come to find out he had sent them $300 worth of pizza and expensed it to the company and then turned around and signed the account Uh. behind my back when it was like completely against the rules. I bet there's a lot of dastardly deeds that go on in sales department, not the WSB radio sales department or TV. All above board. But when, when you're working on commission, I could see the incentive to be a jerk like that. I'll never be a jerk like that to you, Longoria. All right, thank I don't you. work on commission. I get a, <laughs> I get a right. flat 12 bucks an hour. doesn't matter what happens. All right, we're going to come back with more of your calls on Workplace Beef. Plus, little Sanjay with Would You Rather and actress Amy Madigan. Don't forget, once you get home, you can listen on Amazon Alexa or the WSB radio app. This is the Mark Aram Show. Hey, folks, this is Mark Marin from WTF. You're listening to the Mark Aram Show. Enjoy. No, I'll run this town to be near you. No, gray skies ever turn blue. Welcome back to the show. Second hour of the Mark Aram Show. Coming up, little Sanjay with Would You Rather, actress Amy Madigan, myself, Deb Green, Longoria, and Low T with you till 8 in the p.m. We've got some breaking news out of the WSB Radio Newsroom. This is uh, 
Amazing. Where is Hector? OMG. We just got a food delivery like I've never seen before, Longoria. Shake Shack yep. just brought in, I don't know how many burgers that is. Like four entire boxes. Boxes of burgers and fries. So they're our Food Truck Friday uh, yes. host tomorrow, and they're opening a new location on the Beltline tomorrow off to Cab Avenue. Yep. And I don't know if you got, have you ever had Shake Shack before? I've never had Shake Shack. I know Shack. you're about to have it right yeah, now. Yeah, I got so two this burgers was, right here. This was voted the most popular burger in New York City like 15 years running, and now they've started expanding, and there's one in Buckhead, and there's not going to be. Like, the fact that I'm on the air right now, and I didn't just tell Longoria, hey, play a tape, because I'm going to dive face first. <laughs> into, and that box of fries. The box of fries. Yeah, I can't have that either. Bo- well, oh. you know. I had some for you. Thank you. In two weeks. I'm so come excited. Back. In two I'm weeks, so, Jake Shack, like, come back. I, I really want to throw that Amy Madigan interview on right now and go uh, and go eat this. <laughs> so thanks to Shake Shack. Uh, again, their uh, new location opens tomorrow. Their fourth Metro Atlanta location. Yeah. Tomorrow, 11 a.m. to Cab Avenue uh, along the east side Beltline train. Um, that will get me to go to the Beltline. Not the, the actual food. sidewalk. There's but a the lot food. of food you'd probably I know, eat I like know, out but there. it's still just a sidewalk. But now there's Shake Shack there, so maybe I'll go. Um, all right, we're going to continue to take your calls on workplace beefs. Mike Pachenik from Channel 2 joined us earlier. A Roswell City Council member and basically the city CEO are in a workplace beef. So no matter what, like uh, Tim Cook of Apple, there's someone he hates at, at Apple. Bill Gates at Microsoft, he's had workplace beef at some point, right? So no matter what your job is, whether you're a plumber or the CEO of Apple or a line cook at Shake Shack, everyone's got workplace beef. I want to hear your best stories. 404-872-0750, wsb talk Charlie joins us on the Mark Aram Show. Hey, Charlie. Hey. Um, the workplace beef extends even into the military. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Back in the mid-'80s when I was a drill sergeant down at Fort Benning, we had a battalion sergeant major that you nothing you could do could please this man. I mean, nothing. And every month and a half to two months, you had a duty uh, that every drill sergeant had to perform. It was on a duty roster. It was called battalion staff duty, which meant that after you got off work at 5 or 6, 7 o'clock, whatever time you got off work, you had to go to headquarters, and you had to man the phones until 8 o'clock the next morning. And then you were off that day. Mm-hmm. Well, up there at battalion headquarters, they had a list of your responsibilities, your duties that had to get performed over the course of the night. And it was quite a list. Well, one of the things that was not on that list was to have coffee ready in the mornings. But everybody did it. Just It was just understood. Wanted, yeah. Yeah, it was just understood, but it wasn't there. Well, this one particular time, and whenever the sergeant major came in, no matter how hard you tried, he was going to find something you did wrong over the course of the night. I've had bosses like that. So anyway, he came in, and it was a really, really hard night. Uh, And I I got everything done, but I did not have the coffee ready. Oh. See, I'm a a coffee fanatic. That would have been the first thing I do. They don't let me make coffee anymore at the station. Did you know that? So, you know the coffee no in, the, in the break room? So I used to, because I come in it so early, I would, be, I would make the coffee. And I like my coffee strong. So, you know those big packs that you see at, at workplaces? You know, the big coffee packs? The pouches. The pouches. Yeah. I would put two in oh, and brew two because I like my coffee thick. And my, my re- rationale was one pack was too weak for me. But with two packs, it's going to be strong. I get it. But you can dilute it with hot water. There's nothing I could do to make the regular coffees 
Finally, Chris Camp's like, dude, you got to, you're not allowed to make coffee anymore. Our news director's like, we've had too many complaints about your too many I, jittery employees. I mean, it was really thick. So that's when I got the Keurig for the traffic center. And uh, yeah, but I am no longer allowed to make coffee in the break room. Uh, John is in Sandy Springs. John, welcome to the show. Yeah, hey Mark. Um, hey, I'll come down and help you with that Shake Shack uh, stuff if you. Dude, uh, need we it. have so yeah. much right now. <laughs> Good. Well, I'll tell you what. Two-part story on a uh, big beef. I worked in an office, uh, and I, uh, I had. Uh, yeah, in a relationship with one of the secretaries that was not really that good. And this is a male secretary. He would order me around, yell at me, and I was probably about three or four levels above him in the organization. I called him into my boss's office one day when my boss was out, and I said, we need to have a talk about, you know, how this is going. He immediately takes off after me, calls me every four-letter word. Oh, book, no. Goes, goes and sits down in the boss's chair, puts his feet up on the desk as if, you know, he's telling me what to do. Anyway, that didn't go well at all. Everybody in the office is watching this, and it's like, oh, geez. And so I went to my boss the next day, and I said, hey, we got an issue here. He said he would handle it. Nothing ever happened. So uh, fast forward a few, uh, you know, a few weeks, and uh, my boss started taking this guy, the secretary, on business trips to trade shows. Oh, no. Yeah, two guys. And so they were going to these trade shows. Well, they began setting up these trade show booths at these trade shows, and they needed booth models. So they began taking these two girls with them on these trips to, you know, booth model the the, uh, the booths. Yeah. These two girls were 17 years old. Oh, all right. I, John, John, I got to stop the story there. I don't endorse anything. I appreciate it. I know where that was going. I can't do that anymore. It's time. Not that I did that ever. You know what I mean? I can't permit that on the radio is what I meant to say. And we got little Sanjay and Burgers waiting. He's the guru, the soothsayer, the truth seeker, the asker of unanswerable questions. He wish he was in studio right now because we've got 90,000 Shake Shack burgers at the uh, ready. Uh, you're still ketoing it, Sanjay? What's the deal? Will you take the bun off uh, of that puppy? What would you do? You know, I would. I would try and take the bun off of it, but then I'd end up eating enough fries to compensate for any bun. <laughs> Indeed. All right, so Sanjay, in case you're not too familiar... Uh, is going to ask us unanswerable questions. We're going to answer them here in the studio. Please feel free to play along in your car. First question, Silk. I'm going to say real quick, I'm sorry. I was hungry when I made these questions, so they're food-based. Number one, would you rather have your breath breath always smell like onions or everyone else's breath always smell like onions? I'm going to be selfish and say uh, everyone else's breath. No, no, my breath, my breath, sorry. <laughs> I was like, that's selfish. Yeah. No, I want everyone else's breath to smell like onions, and my smell like peach pie. Yeah, I don't like the taste, like leftover taste of onions, yeah. so everyone else's smell. Yeah, uh, okay, I understand. Chucky? Absolutely everyone else. I don't need to be that close to people, so I think I can You know, Yeah, that. you hate people. Yeah. Yeah, everybody else. All I right, won't have onion next breath. question, Silky. Number two, would you rather ingest one pill a day that provides all the caloric and nutritional needs and makes you feel full? Yes. Or... Continue to eat normal food. Eat normal food. I, that's one of my favorite things in life is eating food. I don't want a George Jetson pill that gives oh. me my whole, my whole meal in one sitting. I'm taking the George Jetson pill. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Absolutely taking the George Jetson really? pill. Really? Yes. I'm just so tired of having to figure out something to eat every All right, but few listen. hours. It's exhausting. <laughs> what do you mean figuring out yeah, something like, to eat? What are we going to eat today and how yeah, do you prepare see, it? Just, yeah. uh, All right, all right but if lunch, you take dinner. the George Jetson pill, no more romantic lunches with Erickson. <laughs> 
Did you factor that in? Did you factor in no, no more? You know, no more trips up to Roswell and Listen, eating on the square. I could still get a beer and snuggle, so it'll be all right. Fair Longoria. I know how I'm eating. Of course you yeah. are. Me and you, buddy. Fist bumped, Longo. I love food. Bam. All right. Crazy. Next question, Silky. All right, number three, would you rather have the ability to make any food or beverage appear in front of you on command or be able to eat anything you want and have a perfectly healthy body? I think I've done too much damage to my body. I want anything I want on demand. Like right now, I'd be like a cup of clam chowder, some fried clams, and a Shake Shack burger. I want everything on demand. Lobster Lobster roll. Yeah. I figured lobster roll would be Yeah. Uh yeah I guess snap of the fingers snap on of the demand. fingers sure yeah Deb I want a salad with no dressing on demand yes <laughs> Chuck I'm already rocking the second option for the most part so I'd take the first one you're already rocking food on demand no I'm saying the second no. option was the the fact that I can eat, eat whatever I want and I'm fine oh I never even I didn't even hear the now. second option the first yeah, option so I'm, was... I'm with, I'll go with the first one it would it, and I wouldn't have to take the George Jetson pill because I would exactly. never have to think about food. you would never you just, just be right like there and I don't have to worry about it elk steak yep bam bam all right Longo. Food on demand. Food on demand. All right, good. I'm getting hungry now, Silky. Go ahead. <laughs> Number four, would you rather eat a salad with a spoon or a soup with a fork? I like a chunkier soup, like I, I, the aforementioned clam chowder or stew. So I'll do soup with a fork. I don't like the, the soups that are just, I mean, I'll eat them if you give them to me, but like, an, uh, like a tomato soup. Yeah. I'll eat it, but I want a chunky chowder stew kind of thing, so I'll do soup with a fork. I'll do soup with a fork. Really? Sure. All right. You eat soup? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't eat enough salad for this to make a difference, so I'll just go eat my regular soup, and I'll eat salad with a spoon. Salad with a spoon? Okay. Yeah. I don't eat that many salads. So soup with a fork. You would be surprised. I eat a lot of salads. Really? Yeah, cause I, but I put a lot of stuff on them. Oh, I'm not, they're not healthy salads. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was say. Yeah, but, you know. Mountain of cheese and... yeah. Dressing. It's a salad yeah. with a McChicken sandwich in between it. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Next question, Silky. Num- number five and final. Would you rather have a dog that makes you sandwiches or a cat that does your laundry, assuming you can't pay somebody to do your laundry? Oh, so if I was uh, a peasant and had to do my yes. own laundry. Um, yes. like the I, rest of us. I, as much as the, I, I enjoy not doing laundry, I, I am allergic to cats. I can't. I have no problem with cats. I just sneeze uncontrollably. I mean, it's a pretty cool deal to have a dog that makes you sandwiches. You I understand. Like <laughs> yeah. That's but pretty, I'm just pretty. thinking of my dog, like Bosco. If, I, if right. Bosco could make me a sandwich, I'd be like, Bosco, go make me a turkey and cheese sandwich. She would eat three quarters of the turkey before she got to making <laughs> me a sandwich. There's a real quick story. So we were in uh, St. Pete Beach, Maya and I, and we took Bosco out to dog-friendly restaurants. And she'd never been to a restaurant before. We did it like every meal. So this is like exciting for her. And it was one of those like uh, seafood shack kind of restaurants. Mm-hmm. And there was a family to our left. And um, one of the kid was in a booster chair. I don't know how old you are in a booster chair. But the kid dropped a fried shrimp on the ground. And Bosco from 12 feet away knew exactly what was going on. So for the rest of our dinner... She was like eyeing this freaking fried shrimp that was on the ground. <laughs> so Maya and I finish our dinner, and I'm walking. We're walking away, and I'm holding Bosco back from the family. Like I'm like, I'm sorry to bother you, but can my dog eat that shrimp that fell underneath your kid's seat? And she's the mom starts laughing. She's like, Yeah, of course. So I was like, All right, Bosco, go get. And she went, Bam! Chomped that whole fried shrimp down. And she's like, All right, now I'm happy. Like she waited an hour to eat that fried you shrimp. You know how anxious your dog was. She was. Like, well, just, I mean, I kept giving her my food. Like, I would yeah, get, but it's you still have a corner like, of your eye. You know it's there. She's like, that fried shrimp is sitting there. 
that little kid better not put it in like his mouth. Like a 20 on the ground you can't get to. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. So I, I interrupted. What was the question? What's going on? Was, would you dog or cat? Dog yeah, dog or cat. Sandwiches uh, or cat that does your laundry? Yeah, I don't want a cat. So dog that makes me sandwiches. Dog that makes me sandwiches. A hot neighbor already does my laundry, so I want a dog. You want a dog that makes the sandwiches? Yeah, dog. I don't like cats. All right. Sanjay, great job. You made me very hungry. I'm going to go eat some burgers in the newsroom. Listen, uh, tax filing deadline is just four days away. The official accountant of the Mark Aram Show is uh, little Sanjay. Brass Tax Accounting on Facebook. How much did you save my girlfriend this year on taxes? She, She did the software thing, and then you did them. How much more money is she getting back, Silky? She got she got a total of eight thousand dollars from two years tax return. Boom. Okay. Boom. Brass tax accounting <laughs> on Facebook. Silky is the man. We'll talk to you next week after tax season, buddy. Sounds great. All Thank right. you. We're gonna come back. 404-872-0750. Russ in Gainesville is gonna join us and Amy Madigan, two superstars. This is the Mark Aram Show. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Grace joins us in Norcross. Grace, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Mark. I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. Did you have a workplace issue? Oh, yes. Let me hear this about it. happened back in the 80s when people were trying to phase out smoking in offices. And no one smoked in my office, but they did not have an official no smoking policy. It's just nobody smoked there. Mm-hmm. So they had a new hire, and she smoked. Well, the problem was that I was pregnant, and I was very, very nauseated. Anything made me throw up. And by the way, let me give a shout-out to pregnant women. If you have extreme nausea, it is because of night shaders. It's a loosely related plant group. It's very toxic to pregnant women. So stay away from night shaders, tomatoes, <laughs> eggplants. Okay. Sorry. I just did a PSA. Anyway. So I was always nauseated, and smoke made me very, very sick. And they asked this girl not to smoke, and she did it anyway. So one day she wasn't there, and I went and threw up in her trash can because oh, she'd been smoking. Oh, my God. And so she was furious. Oh, she was so mad. So she called me in front of my boss, and she said, I know you did this on purpose. And I smiled as sweet as I could, and I patted my tummy, and I said, no, it was an accident. And let me tell you. The next time you do it, and I'm trying to make it to the bathroom, I don't think I'm going to make it, and I don't think I'm going to hit your trash can. I'm probably going to throw up on you. Oh, my God. Grace. And then I said, and then I said, and that's going to be an accident, too. I think you took it to the next level. I've never thrown up in a trash can, but I've pooped in the the trash can in the Herman Cain studio twice. Twice. Not, not nothing against Herman. Things it, I didn't want to know. Nothing against Herman. It was just the closest receptacle because I wasn't going to make it to the Mark Aaron Memorial stall. I can't wait till they hang a plaque in there. Yeah, I wonder if that'll come up in Herman's confirmation hearing. <laughs> Did you know that uh, Mark Aaron pooped in your trash can twice? Did not know that. Ducky ducky. Coming back, uh, Amy Madigan joins us on the Mark Aram Show. This is Henry Winkler. How are you? And you're listening to the Mark Aram Show. How lucky are you? We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, to provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and, and secure the blessings of liberty. To ourselves and our posterities to ordain and establish this constitution. 
for the United States of America. Welcome back to the show, 736. Mark Aaron with you till 8 Monday through Friday with the Bananas. Actress Amy Madigan, just a couple of minutes away. I want to get a couple of calls in real quick, including Greg, who joins us on the Mark Aram Show. Hey, Greg, what's going on, buddy? Hey, I have a good story for you. Fire away. Started out, starting out in work, uh, my immediate supervisor had gone to the same school I did we, uh, in college, and we had exactly the same training. Uh, but and the, he was my supervisor, which was great. But uh, he asked me one day, uh, "Hey, the boss wants uh, to develop a new product." And he says, "I just told, didn't have the heart to tell him it can't be done." And I said, uh, "Watch this." So, uh, working only about an hour a day on it, at the end of two weeks, I had a um, something that was almost ready for market, just a little fit needed some finesse work, but it was definitely proof of concept. And he said, yeah, yeah, well, thanks for that. Don't bother working on it anymore. He says, I, I think the boss has cooled off. Two days later, he comes back upstairs, and he is just excited as all get out. No, he stole your idea and pitched it? Well, well, that's part of it. He got a raise. Because of your idea? Yes. Oh, that's awful. That's something Longoria would do to Deb. That's just awful. Russ in Gainesville. Russ. Come here a minute. I want to talk to you. We got two minutes before Amy Madigan. Russ, what's going on, brother? Hey, buddy. I'm sitting here with a bunch of children at my apartment. They're playing with my cat. Um, are they yours? I had a, yeah, yeah. Whose kids are these, Russ? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> There's just random know. children in your apartment? Well, they wanted to. No, they're not in my apartment. I'm outside. Oh, okay. All right, good. Go ahead. I'm not calling defects, Russ. Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. No, I had a situation one time where I was the manager of this telemarketing company, and I did all the hiring, but the bosses above me, the owners or whatever, they hired a married couple, a young married couple, without even telling me. And then a couple of weeks later, they come, they call me in there and go, hey, get rid of the guy. I was like, what? Yeah, you, you get rid of the guy. He's no good on the phone. I said, listen, we can't just fire the guy. They said, yeah, keep the girl, just fire the guy. I knew it was a bad decision in the first place so i fire the guy then the girl doesn't have a car yeah so she's like calling me every day saying will you come get me so i go get this girl she's only a couple miles away so i bring her into work and everything you know what's going to happen next this guy that's, that's how there. that's how russ met his fourth wife he accused me <laughs> of having an affair with his wife which i wasn't doing and uh you know, so I don't want to get accused of it if I'm not yeah. even doing it. Russ, I got to run, buddy. I'm sorry. Not many people can bump Russ off the show, but Amy Madigan can. So last night in the show, we talked about uh, the handful of Atlanta Braves players that got stuck in the elevator in Denver. And I talked about my fear <laughs> of uh, of being stuck in, con- in confined spaces. And thankfully, I've never been stuck in an elevator. But it, I realized I've been stuck many times in New York City subways, and that actually might be worse than being stuck in an elevator. And it's ironic that we were talking about that last night because uh, joining us on the show uh, is actress Amy Madigan. I'm a big fan of yours, Amy. And your new movie is called Stuck, and it premieres uh, April 19th in select cities. And it's about folks stuck on a subway in New York, right? Yes, that's true. Um, It's not the best place to to, to be (laughs) in a confined space with people, but... um... The, the film kind of takes people that are kind of from, you know, different uh, parts of the city, come from different countries, you know, have different economic backgrounds. And because they're in this situation, it's kind of um, 
it's how they kind of fight with each other and talk to each other and, and that kind of a thing. It's also um, a musical. Everybody sings in it. Everybody sings live. So it's a pretty interesting um Pretty interesting film, and I, I gotta say, I feel pretty good about it. I really do. Now, had, prior to the the making of Stuck, um, had you ever been stuck in a subway in New York City before? Oh yes, I think <laughs> if anybody's traveled around New York for a bit, you do end up, but uh, n- never for you know hours and hours. But but I have been absolutely. The, the worst is I remember vividly um, being stuck in a subway headed between Queens and Manhattan in the middle of the summer. God. So hot, and then not only does it get stuck, but the power goes out, so it's pitch black. We're in a tunnel. I mean, one of the worst experiences <laughs> I've ever had. This is true. Well, we have our, our lights go out on us, too, in this film, so it does reflect what happens to people, literally. Talking to Amy Madigan on The Mark Aram Show, the movie is stuck. It premieres uh, April 19th. Um, did, did you actually do the movie in a, in a real subway car? Was it a set? How, how does that work? Well, um, we did actually visit... Um, went outside and visited a subway station for a few of kind of going up and down the stairs and in and out of the cars. But the, the um, you know, production designers and the people who worked on the set, they actually built a car for us. So it was like, uh, it was really great to do it. But we were confined in that car in the middle of a soundstage for quite a while. But um, it, it was great because we could, it, we usually really used the parameters of the car and the camera guys, you know, kind of had to fit in with that, which was you know, really good. Once in a while, we took off a door, but all the actors we were we were in that for quite a while. But it really helped the situation because that's what happens to you. Yeah, you mentioned it's a musical. Um, any hesitation about about singing in a movie like this? No, uh, not really, because I was um, a musician for a long time before I kind of took a right turn into acting, and so um, I felt somewhat comfortable to do it. What's kind of neat about the music in the film is that it's all new music, it's original, and we have a wonderful um, New York uh, musical director, a young guy named Tim Young, who worked with us on all the music. The beautiful Ashante is in the film, who's an incredible singer. Oh, so that wow, was really yeah. Fun. Yeah, that was really fun, just kind of being in the room with her. But everybody sings live, and um, we worked very hard on the music to... Um, kind of give it a, a, you know, a reality. All the tunes are, you know, they're modern. Some of them are beautiful ballads. Some of them are quite hip. So um, it's not kind of like, quote, unquote, your normal musical for people who kind of, I think, get turned off kind of the idea of that. And uh, it actually works really well. I'm gonna, I'm everybody gonna, just jumps into it. I'm going to brush aside my uh, claustrophobia fears and go to the theaters on April 19th to watch Stuck <laughs> Uh, at least I know I'm not stuck in the subway because that that is that is wor- uh, really bad. So so Amy, every Monday on on my show we do a thing called Movie Monday, and this has come up a couple of times over the years. The the career year you had in 1989 with Field of Dreams and Uncle Buck, getting two uh, just pop culture phenomenon films in one year. What happened in 1989, and and what an amazing two films you got in one year there. <laughs> that's that's nice. To hear from you. you. Those are the films that usually people bring up when you're in the airport or you're walking down the street and someone kind of want to talk to you, you know. I don't know, just the forces that be kind of work that way, you know. And um, I was really lucky to work with great actors and great directors on that. And I guess it was just, you know, kind of like the period of time, too. And, you know, let's be real about it. That, that was a while ago, and I've got a lot of work since then. But nothing as 
big and as broad and that reach so many people. And um, the, those films have really stood the test of time, which is which is really a nice feeling if I could contribute to that, just even in a small way. It, it, I mean, two two. I mean, just amazing films. But to have them in one you know one calendar year be released that that's remarkable. I mean, you're lucky to get one of those films in a career. You had two of them in one year. With, you know, it's just back to back. What what a year '89 was for you. <laughs> I'd like to repeat that sometime in the future, but we'll see if that happens. We'll make it. We'll make it happen again in 2019. Which Which were you cast in first? Field of Dreams or Uncle Buck? Do you remember? Um, yeah, Field of Dreams was uh, first, which was just just an incredible film to work on with all of the actors and Mr. Kinsella, the the writer who the Canadian writer who wrote the novel Shoeless Joe. And while we were making it, you know, there was some trepidation going. Is this going to work? Is people going to buy this we have you know people walking out of a cornfield but um phil robinson our writer and director really guided us all on that and um of course we had wonderful kevin costner in the lead role to that and um mr burt lancaster was in that film mr james earl jones so we had kind of all the the elements to to make it really sail for people i think from uh, the leading lady to Kevin Costner to uh, John Candy, that's a, that's a widespread <laughs> right there of of talent. If you don't mind, uh, if you talk about uh, uh, Mr. Candy and and what he meant uh, to to comedy and to movies and to you, the guy was so so genuine, so funny, so original. He made everybody feel quite special and treated everybody with such respect, which I remember working with him, and was genuinely pretty hilarious when you think of all the films that he has has done and starting out with SCTV, you know, he kind of changed the idea of the big jolly physically uh, comedian who was hilarious but also could do um, the straight work too and was uh, just left us way, way too early. And certainly um, he is missed and people talk about him all the time and people see his films continually, which really makes you feel good. And it's it's so weird. So I'm 45 now and, uh, you know, we did uh, John, the anniversary of John's passing was not too long ago. And uh, right. we did a show honoring him, and I, he was 42 when he died. It, that that, that boggles it, my mind. It's crazy. It was just a really, really difficult and uh, sad time for so many people, and in particular his family. But I'll tell you one little interesting note. Um, I have gotten to know um, his daughter, Belle, who is an incredible, beautiful, wonderful actress, and she is in a... Um, a master's in theater program in San Francisco, and my daughter happens to be in the same program with her. So it's been a nice little circle around to kind of just continue Mr. John Candy's, uh, you know, life and work. And um, his daughter, Belle, and uh, my daughter are, like, working together, which is really neat. That's amazing. I'm glad you brought up the uh, your family because we're talking to Amy Madigan on The Mark Aram Show. A lot of people might not know you've got uh, a pretty decent actor husband as well. Yes, I do. I'm married to the actor Ed Harris, and we have been married a very long time, And um, <laughs> which I know people go, oh, how does that happen? But that's kind of in any any business you're in, you know, you have to, like, stick it out, you know, and work through it. And um, we met years ago doing theater together, and we still do theater together. So, um, yeah, we've got a lot of the same business in the same house. I would imagine I, I've I've you know my theater background uh, ended in high school, but even doing that, like there's something about the theater that it just breeds romance, right? There's something romantic about about working on a play with somebody and going over the lines and the rehearsals. There's something that just breeds romance. Well, I guess it certainly did for us. <laughs> but, 
you know, when you're working in that situation, you're so you're so involved every day, every night with your fellow actors, and you really form a community doing that. So, um, you know, that's how Ed and I met doing theater, and we still do theater together. We were in New York just, you know, a year and a half ago doing a, a new David Rabe play, so that's the excitement of doing live theater. Hopefully you didn't get stuck in a subway on to that Broadway oh. show. <laughs> Uh, Stuck is uh, released April 19th nationwide. Again, uh, put aside your claustrophobia fears like me and go see Amy Madigan in this amazing new musical. Uh, Amy, a pleasure talking to you. Best of luck, and uh, hopefully we can catch up in the future. Do you know she was married to Ed Harris? I I didn't know that. Me neither. What? I love Ed Harris. Yeah. Luckily, I did some research before the interview because I had (laughs) no idea she was married to Ed Harris. I love that guy. He's awesome. I love her too. What a great what a, t- I mean to start a movie with Kevin Costner and then John Candy as as the love interest. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. You know it's unbelievable. The show's almost over. We got one segment to go. This is the Mark Aram show. I hate to uh, be the bearer of bad news, but uh, do you ever see the movie Quiz Show, Longoria? Quiz Show? Robert Redford directed it? No, I don't think Long, so. Uh, Chuck, did you ever see Quiz Show? About the I, know, I know the movie, but I don't think I have. Quiz Show Scandal of the 50s. It's an amazing movie. I, I've, I've watched it. Is that about the uh, the scandal? Yeah, on 21. 80s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, the, the main character of that movie was a guy named Charles Van Doren. Um, he just, he passed away at the age of 93. And Van Doren lived two towns away from me in West Cornwall, Connecticut, and used to teach at the University of Connecticut branch in my town. And no one really knew about him, like my age, never knew about him until that movie came out in 94. And my buddy who was taking class at UConn is like, that guy's my teacher at UConn. Uh, crazy story. If you've never seen that movie, do it. But Charles Van Doren, dead at the age of 94. Um, in 1956 and 57, he, th- he won a then record $129,000 on the game show 21. So think about how much money 129 grand was back then. And it turned out he they gave him the answers before. And he wasn't the only one. It was a bunch of people. But he got... He lied to uh, Congress or something, a grand jury, and then you know was basically ostracized. He had a, a job offer from NBC, ruined his life, and then he went back to West Cornwall, which is a really nice area of Connecticut. Not a great name, Cornwall, kind of like cornhole, um, but he, he lived in reclusion and then just started teaching part-time at the University of Connecticut. So uh, Charlie, Charles Van Doren, dead at the age of 93. Check out that movie if you haven't yet, Quiz Show. It's amazing. You know what's also amazing, Longoria? Start the show. And now, are you guys ready for the Mark Aram star of the show? I thought I had a winner early on. Did someone do something early on? I made a mental yeah, note. Yeah, I did. And said he did something. What'd you do? I don't know. <laughs> I ate two burgers. I think you should give it to. I think you should give it to Shake Shack. Shake Shack gets yes. star of the show. Uh, the new uh, Beltline location apparently opens Saturday, not tomorrow. Yes, Saturday. Saturday. So, uh, wow, this, that was good. Did you get the burgers? I ate two People of them. People are right. texting me to save him for them. Yeah, yeah, I've already saved one for Mark McKay for the morning. He's filling in for Scott Slade tomorrow. Atlanta's Morning News starting at 4.30 a.m. Uh, and you can listen at home on Amazon Alexa Longoria. Start listening at home. Okay. Dag nabbit. Uh, we'll continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. Facebook Mark Aram WSB. In the meantime, go to sleep, little baby. Go to sleep, you little baby. Guests of the Mark Aram Show stay at the all-sweet Omni Hotel, located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. 
That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. 